it's like a separate side of me almost when I'm writing. Another me just comes out and I'm ready to share it all. This is Right Here, Right Now, a podcast brought to you by Vocal, an online platform for creators of all kinds and all levels of experience. It's a place to post, to read, to be inspired. I'm your host, Erica Wagner. This season, we'll hear eight essays all posted to Vocal by independent creators. Afterwards, we get to hear from the creators themselves about what inspired them, what they're working on, and what keeps them going. If you have any questions that linger after the episode, head to vocal.media to leave a comment for the authors right on their essay. Who knows? You might be inspired to write something yourself. Here's Right Here, Right Now. Welcome to the inaugural episode of Right Here, Right Now. This week, We'll be hearing from an essayist who's not afraid to get personal. Caitlin Flattiger's My Single Friend is an intimate look inside her long-term relationship with her husband and how their partnership has evolved through moves, children, and struggles with mental health. After the essay, we'll hear from Caitlin herself. Here's My Single Friend by Caitlin Flattiger. My single friend was telling me a while back about how she had gone on a date. She was waiting for him to text her, and she was all nervous and excited, wondering how soon she'd hear from him. For a moment, I found myself feeling jealous. I miss that feeling, that nervousness, that, is he going to text me back? All of those first date jitters. It made me think back to one of the very first dates my husband and I had gone on years ago. I thought back to that day, seeing it so clearly. I remembered how nervous and anxious I felt. I remember sitting down with him and not being able to fully look him in the eyes. I remembered how every word I said had his full attention. How I had his full attention. I remembered how nothing was around to take from our full attention being on each other. No kids, no bills, no stress of being an adult. I thought back to when our biggest problem was homework or whose parents would drive us to each other's house that night. I sat there thinking about this for a while. Who we used to be, who we currently are. If the old us those teenagers on that first date at the mall food court were still here, or if we changed completely, the carefree, in-love teenagers, did we still exist? I drove back home to my kids, who were not listening, to my kitchen, still a mess, and my husband asking, I thought you were going to be back 20 minutes ago. I rolled my eyes at him, and walked to our room and sat on the bed. The laundry folded around me, but still making everything feel messy because it wasn't put away yet. I sat there thinking, I miss those first dates. I miss that feeling of nervousness as I got up and walked back out to the living room. 
Have we really lost who we used to be? I thought to myself. I slowly made my way to the kitchen to start cleaning up after our busy household. After I cleaned up the living room a little and put our kids to bed, I looked around at the messy kitchen that had grown over the day. I grabbed some soap and started scrubbing. I started to think of my friend on her first date and how happy she seemed. I was jealous. I was sad. I started to think that my husband and I had really lost that spark we had years and years ago. As the hot water hit the pan I was washing, I felt two arms wrap around my stomach and pull me in. My husband kissed me on my neck and said, After the place is clean, I'll go get some snacks and we'll watch a movie. I cracked a smile and said, Okay. After I finished the dishes, my husband returned home with my favorite snacks. I sat down on our couch and looked at what he had picked out for me to eat. I looked at him and said, Wow, you know me so well. I told him before we started a movie that I wanted to shower, as I had been busy most of the day, and I didn't smell the greatest. I told him to pick a movie and that I would be back in 15 minutes. Without realizing it, I wanted to feel good, to take care of myself before we spent time together, like I had when we first met. After my shower, I walked out and saw that he had chosen friends. I looked at him and said, You don't even watch friends anymore. Why is this on? I thought you wanted a movie. He looked at me and said, this show makes you laugh, and I can tell you need a laugh tonight. I sat down beside him and started eating my favorite junk food that he had picked out. He wrapped his arm around me as we watched the same show I've made him watch a million times. As we sat there, with our kids snoring down the hall and toys laying all over the hardwood floor, I realized I liked this feeling way better than what I'd felt years ago when we'd first fallen in love. We have known each other for so long that we stopped feeling those butterflies, those first date feelings. But I realized that's okay because those feelings get replaced with much stronger feelings. The first date jitters are replaced with the security of knowing that you're with your best friend forever. The butterflies of going out for dinner are replaced with takeout and messy kitchens, but also your best friend knowing you so well that he can pick out your favorite snacks without asking. He can pick a movie based on knowing what you need in that moment instead of what he wants. Those hours of intimacy where it's just you two are replaced with your kids knocking on the door, yelling to be let in. Those feelings do go away, or they don't come up as often as the years go on. But sometimes, all it takes is your husband knowing your favorite food and picking out your favorite show for you that you realize that the love is still there. The butterflies are still there. 
I realized I may not feel those first eight butterflies as much anymore, but I feel a type of love I have never known. I have something much richer, something no one told me about when they first told me about the butterflies. And I like this. That was My Single Friend by Caitlin Flatiger. I was lucky enough to get the chance to speak with Caitlin. We talked about motherhood, butterflies, and taking care of oneself. So we'll start. Tell me a bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? So I was born in California, actually, but I moved to Vancouver, Canada when I was very young. I was about four, and I've lived here ever since then. Now I'm 28 years old. It's beautiful. I love Canada. The people are so amazing here, and I could not imagine living anywhere else. I've always liked writing. Ever since I was in middle school, I would enter those essay contests about writing anything in your life, and I don't think I would ever win, but I just really liked putting my ideas down on paper and reading it out loud. I really liked having a hook at the beginning to get people to want to read my stuff and keeping them interested throughout, but it it became sort of a diary for me where thousands of people would read it. And sometimes the words would just flow after a bad day. I would just sit down, write within five minutes and my post would be up. So it became just a therapeutic outlet as well for me to write down my thoughts as honest as they were and share and hopefully connect with a few other people. What sets it apart from TikToks or YouTube videos? It's much more personal than videos. And I know you can make videos personal, but for me, it is like a diary. Like I said before, I really, really like the idea of taking the thoughts in my brain and putting them on paper and trying to make them worded in a way that is going to capture people's attention and want to continue to read, but also sharing things that are really important in my heart and soul, to be honest. It's just another way of me letting out my thoughts and ideas in a very personalized way that I probably wouldn't be able to in a video. And vocal, when vocal came up and I was told about vocal, I thought this is the perfect opportunity for me to reach more people with my stories, to continue to write because all of the other social media platforms, I don't know if you've noticed, but they've all moved towards videos or short videos. So writers are really kind of getting pushed back. So this was the perfect platform for me to be like, I can still do those videos, but I can still write and be passionate about that. And there's a place for me and that. A lot of what you're trying to convey, it seems to me, is quite complex. And so the longer form of writing is perhaps more suited to some of the things you want to say. Yes, that was a big pointer for me when I was told about vocal was I could write as long as I wanted. And actually the pieces I had written before on other platforms, they weren't long enough for vocal. They needed to be a bit longer. So I really liked that because I had shortened my words before. I've shortened paragraphs out of my writing before because it was too long. So this is just a perfect fit. And when you're not writing and making content for your Instagram and for YouTube, what do you do? How do you spend your time? I have a young dog at home, so I take him for walks. I love to spend quality time with my kids and my husband where I'm not filming or, you know, making things with them. I really love to hang out with my family. I'm super close with my parents. They live about 10 minutes away from my house. So every Sunday we come for family dinners. We 
we'll hang out with the kids and just have family barbecues a lot of the time. So family time is really, really important to me. Tell me a little bit about your kids. How old are they? Oh my goodness. They just turned seven and nine. They are the greatest kids. They're so smart. They're so funny. They're so in tune with their emotions and everyone around them. They're just really special kids. They're just finally like growing up and finding who they are within themselves. And it's really beautiful to watch. So seven and nine, what stage of life are they in? What are they into at the moment? Saying no to mom and dad. (laughs) They're into that stage right now. That's a very important stage of life. Yes. They're testing the boundaries when I'm still learning how to be a parent myself with each new stage that comes. So it's a challenge for both of us. And we're all learning and growing and trying to figure that out together. But they're really into outside right now and dirt and worms and all that, that kid stuff that I'm so glad they're still into. You write about first dates. So I'd love to hear about the first time you met your husband. (laughs) Go, it feels so long ago. Uh, I met him in 2010. We met at the mall and that was where we actually had our first date. It was at the food court and we just got Chinese and ate that with our little pops and our sodas. We call it pop here in Canada. And that was our, yeah, our first date. It was about half an hour. And I was nervous the whole time. I don't think I remember anything from that date. <laughs> and now here we are 12 years later with two kids. How did you find each other? Were you introduced? My best friend at the time was seeing his best friend. So we were still super young, 15, 16. We weren't allowed to go on dates by ourselves. So we had to bring a friend. So that's what they both did. And then we were the friends that were brought. And how did you know? What did you feel when you met him? I remember I took my girlfriend's, the boy that she was interested, I took his phone because that was his friend, my husband's friend. And I wrote on his phone on his notes and I said, your friend is so cute. Is he single? (laughs) And they kind of just laughed at me. And I just remember thinking, wow, that guy looks like Justin Bieber. He's so cute. (laughs) I really want to get to know him better. He had that flippy hair. And you know, that was big back then. (laughs) And I just felt something, even still to this day, I remember those feelings that those butterflies in my stomach that I, I was so young He was really my first real boyfriend, but I had never felt that before. Tell me why you wrote this particular piece. What inspired you to write about your relationship in this way? I think I just really like being honest about what I'm going through in the time, and I'm not afraid to say or talk about things that a lot of people are. And I have friends that are married, and I've heard them talk about this piece that I've written about before in the way that I talked about it, but they're almost scared to admit these feelings of jealousy or sadness or doubt or whatever it may be. And I took that as, you know, I'm not the only one that feels this way once in a while. I really want to connect with others who might be feeling this way. But there is always, you know, that fear of what if I'm the only one that feels this way? So that's why I do like writing because it just, I just go, okay, I'm putting it out there into the world. Whoever connects with it, connects with it. And whoever needs to read it, then if it helps one person, then that's all I can ask for. It helped me by writing it. In your piece, you write about feeling jealous of someone having those first date butterflies, that feeling of excitement. Could you talk a bit more about the moment when you feel yourself go from jealousy to gratitude? What was that moment really like? I vividly remember that night. I was sitting with my single friend and she was telling me all about her stories and how... um, 
She doesn't have a care in the world, basically. And I just was thinking, okay, I got to go home. I got to, I have to do bedtime. I have to fight with my husband about who's going to put the kids to bed because they come out a million times. Who's going to give them their cups of water that they keep coming out for. And I just sat there for a minute thinking, I wish this wasn't my life. Honestly, we were also going through a very hard time. My husband and I have had a ton of ups and downs in the 12 years we've been together. So I feel like that was also, we were in a down moment around the birth of my kids. It was a really hard time for my son, especially he had colic. So he cried nonstop for nine months. That put a real strain on our relationship. We were constantly putting our frustration on each other. So that was really hard to come out of that after eight or nine months of doing that and trying to find the balance of, okay, our son doesn't cry all the time anymore. How are we going to get back to how we were before he was born? So that was a really, really hard challenge that we had to overcome. Also having kids so young too, that was really hard in our relationship and living with our parents with a young kid. It was all just very, very challenging. And also hearing all of her stories, I just let jealousy get the best of me. And that's when I got home and what I explained had happened. The kids were coming out a million times, but it was when I was washing the dishes, he came up and started helping me and he had a movie night planned for me. And not that I need those specific things to feel loved by him all the time. It was just, I think it was a bad week. It was a bad day hearing her stories. And then him doing that, that exact day just reaffirmed Caitlin, grow up. This is silly. Like you have a great relationship. You have a great marriage. You have great kids. But I do still feel it is normal to feel those feelings in a long-term relationship. And a lot of people are scared to admit that they have or felt those feelings. When's the last time you felt those butterflies with them? Maybe you feel them all the time. I definitely don't feel them all the time. To be honest, it gets hard with kids. And, you know, we have businesses and he's so busy and I find I still get those butterflies, but it takes work to get them. We need to schedule time away from the kids or we need to plan something. It's not so much an everyday thing, but last night we simply went out for dinner and just having a conversation with him without kids interrupting or our phones going off, I felt those feelings come back again. They do come and go. It's not an everyday thing for me. I can't speak for everyone's marriage, but... We've been through a lot in the 12 years we've been together and, um, you know, it's just all about finding that balance of real life and then still wanting to feel those butterflies. It sounds to me like you've both recognized the importance of asking for what you want. Do you think that makes a difference in a relationship? Oh, yes. And I feel like now there's almost this stigma that you're not supposed to ask for what you want in a relationship. They're supposed to guess or it comes off as too rude or you're asking for too much, but they're never going to know what you really need to feel loved inside or appreciated unless you're vocalizing it to them. They're never going to be able to read your mind no matter how long you've been together. They're not going to know. They're not inside your head. I just really always want to be honest about my marriage and my mental health. And I really just want wives and mothers and husbands and whatever they may identify as that they're really not alone in these situations that people are afraid to admit when they're struggling or when their marriage is going through a lull or it's normal and it can be saved, but you need to talk about it openly for that to happen. What makes you so confident in being transparent and honest about your fears and doubts? Was that a journey or have you always 
been this way? Because again, a lot of people keep this stuff inside, but you've chosen to share it really widely. And of course, people have responded to it so warmly. Yeah, which is so great. It definitely was a journey. I do struggle with anxiety and I struggle with making friends in the real life and all that stuff. So writing definitely was a way for me to also make friends from all over the world on the internet. It's an easier way for me to connect with people with my anxiety. And when I'm writing, it's almost like I'm stepping outside of my anxious body and I'm stepping into someone who just knows it's okay to struggle. It's okay to admit when you're going through tough things. It's like a separate side of me almost when I'm writing. Another me just comes out and I'm ready to share it all. Once again, that was Caitlin Flattiger. All writing is in some way autobiographical, but it's so admirable the degree to which Caitlin is willing to make her work so revealing. She does so, as she said, to connect to let readers know that they're not alone. Next time, on Right Here, Right Now, we'll hear an essay that encourages connection in its own way by asking questions. That will be Everyone Has a Yellow Coat by Flora Weston. Whoever you are, whatever your story, Vocal belongs to you. If you like the show, come be a part of where it all got started. Join me and the rest of our brilliant creators on Vocal.media, where you can post, read, and comment. If you like what you hear, join us for season two of Right Here, Right Now, when we dive into stories from the Vocal Plus Fiction Anthology. And of course, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to Right Here, Right Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Erica Wagner. Thanks for listening. Right Here, Right Now is produced by Vocal in partnership with Pod People. Special thanks to our production team, Jacob Fromer and Andrew Hurwitz, and the team at Pod People. Rachel King, Matt Sav, Amy Machado, Ashton Carter, Rebecca Chasson, Carter Wogan, and Morgan Foose.